You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. We are currently in the middle of the college football and NFL seasons, and we are getting very close to the start of college basketball season. So, you know, we're just going to keep having some more picks for this week's college football and NFL games, talk a little bit about upcoming college basketball, and then just kind of the whole uh, world of sports right now. Um, so as always, we'll start off by recapping last week's picks and, you know, before we get into some college football and college basketball news, as well as the NFL, and as always giving out college football week 10 and NFL week nine picks. So starting off with last week's recap, college football, we did pretty well. It was a profitable Saturday going three and two in college football. The first game we were on was Coastal Carolina minus two and a half versus Georgia State. Coastal Carolina absolutely destroyed Georgia State in this game. They won 51 to zero. Um, it's just an, a crazy win for this Coastal Carolina team. You know, this Coastal Carolina team, the only real uh, big win, it's hardly a big win, is against Kansas. But, you know, they just keep climbing in the AP pool, um, I think up to 15 uh, this week. I think I have it a little bit later. We'll talk a little about that. But just a big victory for Coastal Carolina in our first victory of the day. Uh, next game we had was another victory. Wake Forest minus 11 at Syracuse. And Syracuse loses another game in the Carrier Dome. They just, I mean, they, they started off okay. You know, they had a touchdown at the beginning. But they just really didn't put much together. Wake Forest ended up winning this game 38-14, to covering the spread easy. You know, both these early games, you know, there was really no doubt the whole game. Um, so Wake Forest improves to 4-2 and two on the season while Syracuse falls to 1-6. and six, And Syracuse just continues to struggle on the ACC. So it'll be interesting to see um, what kind of happens there. Next game we had was one that we should have won, and, you know, it's probably the worst beat we've had in a while. Notre Dame minus 20 versus Georgia Tech. Notre Dame ended up winning this game 31-13, but Notre Dame came dang close to cover. Notre Dame was driving at the end of the game. You know, they had, as time expired, they didn't have to run a play. You know, there's like 20 seconds on the clock. They could have just let the let the clock run out, and the game would have been over. But they decided to run a play from their own one-yard line, but they failed to score, and so they lost the game as time expired. And a lot of people complained that, oh, Notre Dame shouldn't or screwed that spread up, which they did. You know, they had chances to, you know, keep the lead, and they didn't get it and definitely went for it. But, you know, they were actually driving at the end. They were trying to <laughs> trying to cover the spread. Um, they ran a play when they didn't have to. They ran multiple plays when they didn't have to. This one, I was really more mad at Georgia Tech in this game for not calling any of their timeouts um, late game to try to save some clock for them to score. You know, I was kind of what I was expecting. So if there's anyone to blame, I blame it more on Georgia Tech than I would Notre Dame. But that was definitely a heartbreaking loss in that one. Uh, the next game we had UAB versus La Tech. Uh, Louisiana Tech ended up winning this game in double overtime, 37-34. to They were, although we had them at plus 12.5, that spread was not needed at all. Um, and La Tech started off very hot um, early in the game, but kind of struggled a little bit early, um, in the middle of the game. But uh, was able to pull it off in the fourth quarter to force overtime. And during that overtime, you know, we basically guaranteed the cover going to overtime at 12 and a half, dude. I don't know that there is a way. I mean, I guess uh, if they scored a touchdown, they'll pick six. But even that would be 12 points. So well, I guess seven. It could take, I guess, 13 um, if they kick the field goal or 14 if they went for two. So anyway, I guess it is technically possible, but very unlikely that that didn't cover. Um, but they ended up winning the game outright, uh, kicking a field goal. 
in uh, double overtime, which they know they got a great, well, very well-timed turnover in the second overtime uh, against UAB, which led them to get the ball back. They were able to mark down the field and kick that field goal. So definitely an impressive victory for LaTeX. And watching that game, LaTeX looked dang good. Um, I don't know. I still don't understand why they were 12.5-point underdogs in that one. And moving on, the other underdog that we had on this card, Charlotte plus 9.5 versus Duke. This was probably our worst bet of the day. Um, this one definitely, you know, we definitely didn't deserve to win this one at all. Duke absolutely destroyed Charlotte. Duke ended up winning this game 53-19. to and, uh, you know, after Duke struggling a little bit in ACC play here lately, they definitely showed that this, the, that the competition in the ACC is definitely better. So, um, yeah, Duke definitely deserved that one. Moving on to the NFL picks from last week. And the first game we had was the Colts minus two and a half versus the Lions. Uh, the Colts ended up winning this game in um, easy fashion, 41 to 21. Um, it was just a great day overall for the Colts. They were able to, you know, keep the ball moving and, uh, fight for every yard you know Jordan uh, Wilkins made an amazing touchdown dive rope to spin whatever you want to call it uh, followed up by the back flip at the end so, or the front flip I guess I don't know I don't know which one it was but anyway that was a good game um, but unfortunately it wouldn't last uh, Vikings versus Packers we had Packers minus seven they ended up losing this game outright Vikings 28 Packers 22 you know the Packers just really struggled to score there was a little bit of weather um, some wind there yeah which played a definitely played a factor but you know Vikings were still able to score. And this Packers team, it's interesting. You know, they dropped this game against the Vikings. They dropped one against the Bucks. Um, so it'll be they're just an interesting team to look at. I think they'll still be all right. You know, I really uh, think Aaron Rodgers is doing well this year. And, I, I mean, they're obviously probably still going <laughs> to definitely make the playoffs, probably still win the division. Um, they don't have a whole lot of competition. I guess they got the, the Bears, so that'll be some interesting games. But, yeah, the Packers um, didn't cover this one. And the last game we had, another one that we potentially maybe should have covered. It wasn't quite as bad as Notre Dame. Um we had Chargers minus three versus the Broncos. Um, Chargers end up losing this game outright 30 to 31. And, you know, the Chargers played very well in the middle of the game. But just when it came down to the end, they just couldn't quite hold the Broncos off. Um, that marks the fourth 16-point uh, <laughs> um, comeback that the Dolphins have allowed this year. Not the Dolphins. The Chargers have allowed this year. So um, I don't know that there's really on... I don't know what to what to think of this Chargers team. I do like them. I think they're great. Um, they definitely looked good at times in that game, but they just couldn't hold on to that lead. So that was kind of a disappointing one. But all in all, we finished at 500 on the weekend, so end up losing just the juice. Um, and as always, the results are posted up on hottipbets.com if you want to check those out. But moving on, college basketball news for the week. So on Tuesday night, um, while the world or the United States was watching the election, uh, Kim Palm surprised everyone by releasing his college basketball rankings for this season. Um, and I've been looking through them a little bit, uh, different things kind of stand out to me. One of the first things I noticed, which you probably noticed, and I kind of expected from seeing Bartorovic's rankings and kind of just looking through some rankings of my own, um, <clears throat> is that the Big 12 has five teams in the top 10 and precisely the top nine, if you really want to do it. But Baylor, uh, number one team in the country, uh, according to Ken Palm, number five, Kansas, number six, Texas Tech, number eight, West Virginia, number nine, Texas. So this is definitely going to be a good year for the Big 12. I think that they're very top heavy. Um, I think there's a pretty big divide between those five and the bottom five, though. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how all that shapes out. Um, and it brings up a definite, definite question. Shaka Smart at Texas, what um, his job status is, because, you know, 
the end of last season, had the tournament happened and Texas not made it, I think there's a decent chance Shaka Smart is no longer the Texas head coach right now. But because the tournament was canceled, because Texas didn't technically not make the tournament, I would say still could have made the tournament. It would have just been a little hard. They would have had to win the Big 12 or something, or at least do good. Um, so it'll be interesting if Texas doesn't live up to the hype, you know, how if they make the tournament, I'm sure Shock is still there. But I, I think if they miss this tournament, um, Shock is smart is probably gone. And, you know, Shock is smart. He's just he was great at VCU. I like him as a coach, but he just really struggled at Texas and hasn't got anything going there. Um, a couple other interesting things about the Kim Palm rankings. Gonzaga, um, number two in the country or number yeah number two, uh, ranked number two overall, um, had the top rated defense. Um, which isn't really a huge surprise there. And the top rated or the top rated offense, I'm sorry, and top rated defense um, goes to Virginia, who's number 16 overall, which that one's definitely not a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia's been the top rated defense for quite some time in college basketball now. Um, and one uh, another interesting thing about the top 25 teams, Oregon at 21 is the highest ranked Pac-12 team. So it'll be interesting to see what the Pac-12 can do this season. Um, I don't know the. I, actually, we do have a schedule for the Pac-12. It came out last week, I think. I think they're doing like, um, so for example, Oregon will go to Arizona and play Arizona in Arizona State the same week, and you know, so it's kind of spilled up a little up like that. You know, then USC will go and play at Washington and at Washington State. Um, so they kind of have it split up like that, um, just for scheduling purposes. So not not a crazy weird schedule, but it'll be interesting to see this Pac-12 um, conference. How many teams they end up sending to this tournament? Another um, some other key interesting points. Uh, Furman, who I was one of my favorite teams last year, I really liked them in the SoCon. Um, unfortunately, they ended up not winning the SoCon tournament, and they probably would not have gotten an at-large bid. Um, but hey, we don't know. They could have, because <laughs> we didn't have a tournament. But they come in at 79 in Kim Palm's rankings, which I definitely like, which is the, the highest rating for a SoCon team this year. Um, and with East Tennessee uh, not looking as good this year, I think they definitely have a have a shot. Um, I do expect, though, them to be a little higher when the hot tip bet rankings come out. Um, I expect them to be in the 40s or 50s. That's about where they finished last year, I think. Um, high 30s, maybe low 40s. So I expect 30s or, or 40s or 50s for them. Um, looking at the four new D1 teams in college basketball this year, you see San Diego leads the pack as far as Ken Palm rankings at 186, uh, followed by the other three, 291 uh, Bellarmine out of Louisville, uh, 231 Dixie State, and not 230, sorry, 321 Dixie State, and 335 uh, Tarleton State. So it's um, it's interesting to see where they rank there. Um, we saw Merrimers last year come absolutely and just destroy. Um, unfortunately, none of these teams will be eligible for the tournament, even if they do as good as Merrimers, you know, first in their conference last year. So it'll be interesting to see just the watching those teams. And a little bit more scheduling news. Um, scheduling is still very fluid. Um, John Rothstein's releasing, you know, different games every day. And a lot of conferences have dropped their schedule. Non-conference is still a little bit up in the air, but we're starting to see more uh, tournaments get scheduled and stuff. Conference USA did announce, though, um, they will be playing Friday and Saturday games at the same location. That'll definitely be interesting um, with, you know, no rest day in between games. Because I know a lot of teams are doing Thursday and Saturday, which I, I I understand this. I understand this, too, you know, especially for college kids playing Friday and Saturday kind of makes sense. But interesting to see how how much a low score. It'll be interesting to be compare scores from the Friday games to the Saturday games. Um, whether or not the Saturday games, you would assume those would be way lower scoring. Um, but who knows? We'll just have to wait and see on that one. That about wraps it up for college basketball news. College basketball season will officially be starting um, three weeks from the recording of this Wednesday. By the time you're hearing this on Thursday, um, the day before. So about three weeks away from the college basketball season that looks to be unlike any other. 
Moving on to a little bit of college football news. The MAC is officially kicked off with six games on Wednesday night. Um, so their season is underway. Um, and once the Pac-12 kicks off later this weekend, um, we'll have all 10 FBS conferences playing college football this fall. So that's exciting. It'll be interesting to see how that all affects, you know, the college football playoffs and whatnot. Um, one thing we didn't know is Wisconsin, um, who started their season a couple weeks ago. Um, they have canceled their game against Purdue again this week. They canceled last week against Nebraska uh, for COVID-19 issues. So that'll be interesting to see what ends up happening to Wisconsin because they look dang good. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Trevor Lawrence also will be missing the game this weekend against Notre Dame. Um, so that'll be another weird one. You know, Notre Dame is still like a five-point underdog, I believe, in this one. But we'll get nice primetime game between Clemson and Notre Dame. Um, and they'll definitely be meeting again in the ACC tournament, you have to assume. Um, it's a little bit of, not necessarily coaching news, but maybe coaching hot seat. Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, it looks like everything points to him being done, unless he can just mount an unbelievable turnaround. But they've really been struggling as of late, and I, I don't see him having much time left there. Um, Dan Mullins is fined for the fight that broke out against the, the Missouri game, and five players are suspended from the Florida team. Um, not a whole lot of more news there. Just kind of thought we'd throw that in there. Um, and a little bit about the top 25 this week, you know, the AP top 25, I don't put a whole lot of weight in the AP top 25 cause you know, it's kind of whatever, but I did find it interesting. We had seven, uh, group of five teams or I don't know, group of five. I don't know what you can call BYU a group of five. I think we have five or, uh, we have, uh, six non power five teams. I guess we'll say it that way. Uh, number six, Cincinnati, who is definitely playing good. Number nine, BYU. 15, Coastal Carolina, 16, Marshall, 18, SMU, 21, Boise State, and 25, Liberty. Um, that Liberty game will definitely be interesting since they are, I think, 15-point underdogs this coming weekend. So that'll probably be a one-week stop in the top 25 for them, but good for Liberty for getting up there. Um, and that brings the question up, can a group of five team or can one of these teams make the college football playoff? And when you break it down, I think the two obvious ones that have the greatest shot are Cincinnati and BYU. I mean, yeah, you can make arguments for Coastal or Marshall, um, or even Boise State. You know, SMU's hard because they already have a loss, so probably not them. Liberty would be hard because, you know, they're assuming they lose this weekend. Who knows? They could pull out an upset, and that would definitely be a schedule booster. I mean, we know Boise State has, you know, back in the BCS era, was fighting to get a spot in the national championship. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, I think Cincinnati has the best shot, potentially BYU, but BYU really hasn't played anyone, at least Cincinnati, you know, has played Houston, has played SMU, has played, or uh, will play UCF, you know, they have played, um, I think I'm going to play Memphis, whatever their schedule is, they got the American schedule, so that it definitely helps them out there. And I really think... We break it down. So let's assuming, you know, Ohio State goes undefeated. That's uh, one spot. Assuming Clemson goes undefeated. That's another spot. Um, really, the Big 12, it's going to be very hard for them to get a team in there, you know, with one loss. I don't know. I don't know how they would do that. And I really think the Pac-12, I think an undefeated Cincinnati team almost deserves it over a 7-0 Pac-12 team who, you know, played nearly like half as many games as um they did so and, and if a pac-12 team then no pac-12 team goes undefeated i think you definitely get left out um and then it really comes down to alabama and georgia if alabama ends up beating georgia again in the sec championship a two-loss georgia is probably not getting in over an undefeated cincinnati you know there definitely is a path to the college football playoffs for a group of five team 
Um, Cincinnati definitely has to stay undefeated. They got to keep scoring points, but I think they can definitely do it. Um, and if there's any year to do it, it's definitely this year. So that'll be something just to keep an eye on. Um, I'm sure everyone's cheering for Cincinnati just to just to try to mix it up. Um, and who knows, maybe them making the tournament will finally get us to uh, expand to eight teams or whatever they're looking to do. Um, and finally, uh, moving on to a little bit of NFL news before we get into the picks. Um, there have been a couple more, you know, we had a couple of weeks there, not a whole lot of positive tests. It was all pretty calm. Um, not much going on. Um, we're starting to get a couple more. The Cardinals had a couple of positive tests earlier in the week. Uh, the 49ers had some today as of right now, tomorrow's game, or I mean, you're listening to his Thursday night's game has not been canceled. Um, but that's a never changing situation. You know, the 49ers facilities was closed today. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. Um, we will also this week be seeing the return of Antonio Brown to the field. He has not played, um, since last year, early last year, you know, serving an eight game suspension this year. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how well he's utilized in that Tom Brady, Bruce Arians offense. Um, you know, Gronk's really been taking a bigger role in that offense. So it'll be interesting to see how many targets, um, he gets. Um, a couple of trade um, news. There wasn't a whole lot of, you know, no big blockbuster trade in the NFL at the deadline, but we do have Patriots acquire Isaiah Ford from the Dolphins and Saints acquire Quan Alexander from the 49ers. So just two little updates there. Um, but that about wraps it up for the news this week. So moving on to the college football picks for this week. First game we got is Liberty plus 14 and a half versus Virginia Tech. This game is going to kick off at 12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday. And as we mentioned before, Liberty finds themselves number 25 team in the country. Um, they're 6-0 on the season, 4-2 against the spread. Virginia Tech, 4-2 uh, on the season and 3-3 three and three against the spread. You know, this Liberty team coming into this game, they have a great win. Um, their best win of the season so far was their win over Syracuse in the Carrier Dome, which, I mean, Syracuse is not good at all. So that's it's hardly a amazing win, but it's definitely up there. You know, an ACC wins an ACC win. But if they could knock off this Georgia Tech team, it'd be great. Um, as far as these teams match up, Liberty has done a great job passing the ball. Uh, 215.83 passing yards per game. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, 182.67 passing yards a game. Liberty has also done a great job of keeping their offense on the field, or getting their defense off the field, rather, uh, with 33 minutes and 31 seconds time of possession. Well, Virginia Tech's not horrible at 31 um, minutes and 25 seconds, but not as good. And Liberty's also done a good job limiting their penalties, only 5.83 penalties a game. You know, Virginia Tech, not much worse at 6.17 penalties a game. Um, and then, so this game will definitely be interesting to see. And it's just, these two teams, I think, are very even. And 14 and a half, I, it's just an absolutely crazy spread for an undefeated, ranked Liberty team. Um, I love Liberty in this game at plus 14 and a half. So that's the pick in this one. Moving on to the next game on the card, we got Nebraska versus Northwestern. Nebraska uh, did not have a game last week um, because they were scheduled to play Wisconsin. Wisconsin had to cancel. And Nebraska ended up... Um, not being able to the big to uh, sorry the big ten wouldn't let them reschedule that game so they take on Northwestern this uh, week Northwestern is three and a half point favorites uh, this game is scheduled to kick off at twelve p.m. Eastern Nebraska comes in this game zero and one that zero and one against the spread losing that game against Ohio State Northwestern two and zero on the season and one zero and one against the spread. Um, in that Ohio State game, Nebraska didn't do a horrible job moving the ball with 377 yards. Um, but over Northwestern's two games, you know, done a little bit better, um, averaging 405 yards in those games. Um, but North Nebraska really struggled to stay on the field in that game. 26 uh, time of possession, 26 minutes and 46 seconds, while Northwestern 35 minutes and 27 seconds. But I think perhaps uh, one of the biggest 
kind of differentiating between these two teams is their penalties. Um, you know, Northwestern only 5.5 penalties for six for 46.5 yards, while Nebraska on the other hand eight penalties for 90 yards. Um, you know, Nebraska turned the ball over two times in that game, while Northwestern's only turning the ball over 1.5 times um, over their two games. So, you know, I do like this Northwestern team. I don't know that they're, you know, going to be stay undefeated, but I do think they're going to get to 3-0 in this one, and I really like them, minus 3.5. You know, Nebraska I, is just an overrated team. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Nebraska, so I'll take a Northwestern minus 3.5 in this one. Uh, moving on to a game out west in the late slate, we at. Fresno State minus 11 taking on UNLV at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Fresno State comes into this game 1-1 one one on the season and 1-1 one one against the spread. Fresno State, um, you know, in their two games has done a great job of scoring points, 28.5 points per game. UNLV, on the other hand, um, in their two losses, only put up 12.5 points a game. Not good at all. Um, and one, Another thing that Fresno State has done well, extremely well is moving the ball 420.5 yards a game. But you want to be on the hand 267 uh, yards a game. You know, this Fresno State team has just looked good. They look like uh, just like a good team out in the Mountain West. Um, the LSU and LV team really struggled, especially uh, last week at Allegiant Stadium. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Fresno State has also done a great job of not committing penalties. Only six penalties for 50 yards. While UNLV, eight penalties for 58.5 yards. So I'm going to be taking Fresno State minus 11 in this one. Um, I definitely like it. And moving on, the last pick of the day in college football, rounding out the four-card slate, we got Tennessee versus Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is two-point underdogs in this game. This game is a late one, set to go off at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Tennessee comes in this game 2-3 and three on the season, 1-3-1 and one against the spread. Um, Arkansas, on the other hand, is 2-3 and three on the season and 5-0 and oh against the spread. And, you know, this Arkansas team, well, they haven't been winning the games necessarily. You know, these teams have, um, from the outside, have the same record at two and three but this arkansas team has done a great job covering they've looked dang good in their games they've been underrated all season while this tennessee team kind of the complete opposite has been overrated all season and that kind of shows in this with this spread only being two you know if you would have looked at this spread um before the season started i don't know what exactly what it was but i would guess it was you know up near 14 you know probably two touchdowns if not more than that you know this arkansas team done a great job moving the ball downfield uh, 392 or 369.2 yards a game. Well, this Tennessee team only 323.8 yards a game, which isn't, you know, not a huge differential. But this Arkansas team just looks great. Um, Tennessee 1.4 turnovers a game, Arkansas 1.6. And Tennessee got 5.8 uh, penalties for 37 yards, while Arkansas 6.6 .6 penalties for 50 yards. So, you know, this Arkansas team um, coming in as slight underdogs in this game at home against a Tennessee team that has not looked good all season. Um, I really like them to win this game, so I'm going to be taking Arkansas plus two in this one. So that about wraps it up for college football picks this week. Um, so moving into the NFL picks. The first game we got on the NFL card is the Lions um, at the Vikings. The Vikings are four-point favorites in this game. This game is uh, early game, so they kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Lions come into this game three and four and three and four against the spread. Well, the Vikings come in two and five and four and three against the spread. And the Vikings come off of a huge win last week uh, against the Packers, um, upsetting them as seven point underdogs. Uh, the Vikings have done a great job, you know, even with only two wins, done a great job moving the ball this season. Um, 367 yards a game, while the Lions only 304.15 yards a game. And one thing that I've kind of been harping on with this Lions team the last couple of weeks, I've been betting against them. 
Um, only 23 uh, minutes and 49 seconds time of possession. They just really have struggled to stay on the field. You know, the Vikings, not crazy, 27 minutes um, and 29 seconds time of possession. You know, not an insane number by any means, but they definitely definitely are better in the Lions. The Lions offense, they, they just can't keep their offense on the field. You know, they, they got to have those. They got to work on getting more defensive, you know, turnovers and getting better field position. Um, you know, 5.14 penalties for 54.57 yards for the Lions. The Vikings, on the other hand, 4.86 penalties for 34.57 yards. So, you know, this Vikings team, when it comes to the stats, this Viking team look looks way better than their 2-5 and five record would say. Um, and that, you know, that 4-3 and three against the spread record kind of, you know, shows a little bit of that. So I'll be taking the Vikings um, minus 4 in that one. Moving on to the second uh, pick on the NFL slate. The Seahawks travel to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Um, this game is set to kick off again at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Uh, Seahawks are two and a half point favorites in the game. You know, the Bills team has just really been struggling as of late. Um, I don't know about struggling is the right word, but, you know, lost to the Chiefs. Um, didn't look, I mean, they beat the, the Jets, but did not look good at the Jets or against the Jets. Um, we're able to sneak out a win against the Patriots, but you know that game was not a not a um, guarantee by any means. You know the Seahawks six and one on the season, uh, five and two against the spread, while the Bills six and two on the season and three and five against the spread. Um, and one thing the Seahawks team has done really well is just putting up points every game, no matter who they're playing. They just put up good numbers, um, thirty four point two nine points per game, while the Bills on the other hand only twenty four point. Seven five points per game. You know, Josh Allen has looked good at times, but he's struggled even more. You know, he overthrows passes all the time, and it's just what you, know, you never know what it's going to come. You never know if it's going to be a good day or a bad day. Um, you know, Seahawks four hundred fourteen point four two yards per game. Well, the Bills not terrible at three hundred seventy two point oh one yards a game, but not not quite as good. Um, and the Bills have also kind of struggled turning the ball over one point three eight turnovers a game. Well, the Seahawks on the other hand only have one turnover a game. Um, so I know the Seahawks team, I definitely like them. I think that they they're definitely on track, you know, to in to win the NFC West. Um, hopefully my Cardinals will put up a fight in that, but who knows what's gonna happen there. But in this game, I definitely like the Seahawks minus two and a half at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, moving on, um, no picks in the late slate for today. So moving on to Sunday night football. We got the Saints plus five versus the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown will be back on the Buccaneers sideline. For this one, the Saints come into this game at five and two and two and five on against the spread. Buccaneers come in this six and two and four and four against the spread. Um, you know, Saints have, have looked strange this year. You know, without Michael Thomas, um, I don't know if he's set to come back this week or not. I don't know what the official word on that is. You know, it seems like every week he's maybe questionable to come back, maybe not. You know, you never really know um, what's the status of that. But you know, the Saints without him, three hundred eighty-five point eight six yards a game, while the Buccaneers three hundred sixty-eight. Point three eight yards a game um you know they've just been the buccaneers have done a great job staying on the field you know uh, 32 minutes and nine seconds times of possession while the buccaneers 30 minutes and seven seconds time of possession and they've also done a great job not turning the ball over saints only have 0.71 turnovers a game buccaneers have averaged one turnover game you know the buccaneers have gotten better um as time's gone on is not turning the ball over early in the season seemed like they're turning the ball over way more but, you know, given the Saints five points in this game, yeah, they're on the road, but it's a divisional game. Divisional games are always close. Um, and who knows what the status of everyone on the team is going to be. And Tom Brady just hasn't looked like his normal self in every game this year. So I'm going to be taking the Saints plus five in this Sunday night game. 
Um, and we do actually have one more game on the card. Um, I do have a play for Monday Night Football this coming week. Patriots will be taking on the Jets um, at Meadow at the Meadowlands. Um, Patriots are minus seven in this one. Patriots come into this game not great at two and five and uh, three and four against the spread. Well, the Jets come into this game at zero and eight and one and seven against the spread. Um, so you know the Patriots really have kind of struggled to put up points, only nineteen point four three points a game. But the Jets have done even worse, only eleven point seven five points per game, which just sounds absolutely ridiculous in the NFL that we're in. And you know the Patriots, while they're struggling this year, Cam Newton's not a bad quarterback by any means. I don't think. Um, and I th- feel like, and you know, Bill's already said that he's going to keep playing and the Patriots at some point this season, they're going to have to win some games. And I think this Jets team is probably one that they're going to have to, they're going to have to do something good, um, to just for this team not to completely fall apart. You know, the Patriots have been averaging, even with the, you know, poor play recently, 351.75 yards a game while the Jets 259.01 yards a game. Um, and Patriots time of possession, 229 minutes and 56 seconds, while the Jets time of possession, 27 minutes and 17 seconds. But, you know, one thing this Patriots team has done well, and one thing that all Bill Belichick's do well, is not making stupid penalties. Patriots have only had 2.86 penalties a game for 29.14 yards, um, while the Jets on their hands, 6.75 penalties for 64.88 yards. And, you know, that Patriots, that's that's one that's up there uh, for the league leader as far as penalties go, um, if not leading. I think it might be leading. You know, this Patriots team going to have to turn it around at some point. No better time than on Monday Night Football um, against a absolutely awful um, Jets team. You know, this Jets team, you think it's hard for a team to go 16-0 because they usually sneak someone in there. But this Jets team just, I don't know. You know, you don't know what's going on with this Jets team. It looks like they're almost a guaranteed lock um, to end up with Trevor Lawrence and some sort of new head coach. I would guess probably Eric Bieniemy of the Chiefs, um, their offensive coordinator, Probably up there as far as top coaching jobs. Um, but yeah, anyway, for this game, Patriots minus seven. Um, that will be my pick for Monday Night Football. So that about wraps it up uh, for the NFL picks this week and about wraps it up for the podcast. Um, got all our news, got all our picks covered. So yeah, if you guys haven't already checked out the website, please go do that. It really helps me out. Um, you know, computer models got picks. For all the college football games every day, you know, even today, Wednesday or tomorrow, Thursday, you know, all the weekday games, it's got up there, um, you know, as long as, you know, obviously with the big Saturday slates, it's got that um, and NFL picks, um, obviously, you know, kind of only got football here for a couple more weeks. Once college basketball starts at all of that and then, you know, next year when we get um, get NHL and NBA and everything back up and rolling. And it's also got um, some horse racing picks up there. I don't know if anyone's horse racing fan. Um, we do have the Breeders' Cup this weekend, so we'll have picks um, coming from that up on the website, I'm sure. Um, as well as college basketball previews should be hitting the website pretty soon um, as far as and well, the Hot Tip Bets um, computer rankings should be up sometime here before the start of the college basketball season. Um, and as always, make sure you're checking out. If you see any of my results for any of the games I bet or any of the games that the computer model is on, they're always up on the website, um, always 100% transparent. So that's up there. And yeah, if um, please make sure you're following me on Twitter at Hot Tip Bets Chris um, and Instagram. And also make sure you're following the, just the, the overall Hot Tip Bets account. It tweets out all the computer picks and everything um, over on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, just so you can stay up to date on all the happenings in the Hot Tip Bets world. And yeah, that about wraps it up for episode six of the podcast. And I will see you guys next week.